as I've been saying for so many months now, we are in a different wineskin than, than we were before. God has done something in this nation, but also globally. But I think most of all, he's, he's awakening his bride to come in and to walk in the identity that he ordained for his bride from the very foundations of the earth. Of the, of the earth. We've wandered away. I shared a couple of weeks ago about a harlot bride that is just being pulled away by the, the, the lusts of this world and the temptations of this world. And over the last six months, we have had an opportunity. I've called it an elongated Shabbat where we've had an opportunity to come into that place of rest, abiding in him. You know, he doesn't come. He doesn't want to just visit. He wants to habitate with us. There's a difference between a visitation. I love the visitations of the Ruach HaKodesh. I love the visitations, but it's about habitation, creating a sacred place. You know what was lost in the garden? God created man, put him in this beautiful place in order to have fellowship with him. It was a sacred place. God wants to restore that in our lives, in his bride, his sacred place that we would have with him. And when I'm in that sacred place, as your pastor rabbi, when we're all in that sacred place with the Lord and we're at that, that place of shalom with him, that's where that unity is, is that, that John 17 unity is going to come from. And then the world will see. They're not seeing it yet. They're going to start to see it. There's a great, I believe that if we, if we allow God to really shake everything loose from us that we've grabbed onto from the world, he's going to bring us into a place because it's his rock that we set our feet on. He is the solid rock. He's where we put our faith, not in our intelligence or our earthly wisdom, but on him. And when his bride begins to walk in that Jew and Gentile, one new man, when we begin to walk in that, man, then things will change. We've got a job to do. You know, my message was going to be, I was going to be talking about God's times. That's what I've been talking about over the last weeks. His seasons, his days, his times. That they're not just random. He doesn't just throw dates out there or, or days out there. They're for a purpose. And what I'm going to be showing, and I'll probably end up showing it next week, is, is the three major uh, shalosh regalim, the three major feasts. Now, we celebrate feasts throughout the... You know, I'm a Jew. We celebrate all the time. You know, we have parties and we have feasts all the time, and it's all in the scriptures, you know. But there's three major ones where all are called, all the men and, and, and the people are called to go up to, to make aliyah to a place called Yerushalayim, Jerusalem. That's a sacred place. God has his name on that place. And there's purposes for those. And I was going to show it, and I'm going to show it next week, how it's basically, show that um, the tabernacles, Mike. Just want to show this. You see all the tribes of Israel. But what draws your attention? The presence of the Lord presence of the Lord. 
And there's something about the tabernacle. Go to the next slide to the tabernacle. You know, we look at the tabernacle in the wilderness, and basically the, the temple in Jerusalem was based on this model. And it wasn't, say, Moses and Aaron saying, hey, you know what, let's, let's build a place and let's make it this way, let's make it this way. No, God spoke specifically to Moses and Aaron and said, this is how I want you to do it. Every single piece in that tabernacle was done in a certain way. Go to the next slide. You see, there's three parts, and this represents the three major feasts. When I'm talking about the Feast of Matzah, Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot are represented by those three specific areas in the tabernacle. You have the outer courts where you have the bronze altar. That's a place of death. That's a place where when you come into that place of God's, you die. The animals were brought into, in other words, that's the beginning of the process to come into that place of fellowship with the Lord is when we die. You know, Galatians says, I am crucified with Messiah, yet nevertheless I live, but yet not I, but Messiah lives in me. I have to die in order for him to live in me. And that's a place of death. And then we go on to the next place, which is the the, um, the labor, the, the cleansing, the labor of cleansing. See, we all need, because we've, we've, we've died to the old man, but we still pick up kind of dirt from the world, don't we? That's that place of cleansing. That's a place of rededicating our lives. And that's represented in the, in the Passover. We see that in the Passover. Redemption. You know, the people of Israel weren't saved at Sinai. They were actually saved when they came through the sea on dry land. That was the salvation of Israel. When we come into that place of salvation in our lives, when we say, I'm done with trying to work it out myself, and we come to that place of saying, I'm done. Lord, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Live in my change. Give me a new heart. Give me a, a new spirit. He does that. That's that place of salvation. And that's the entry into the kingdom. And then the next place we go into is we go into the holy place. And what's in the holy place? First of all, it's represented by the Feast of Shavuot. Why do I say that? Because Shavuot is a place where we thank God for his provision. Remember, it's the time where we bring the sheaf before the Lord and we say, thank you for the, we thank him for the early harvest. He provides our physical needs. But what else about Shavuot? He was, that was the time when God gave his Torah to his people, his word. And this is also a place where he imparted his Ruach HaKodesh. You see, that's the provision. He, he, may, he takes care of our food, our physical needs, but he also takes care of our spiritual needs. And he gives us his Holy Spirit so that we can live and walk and, and have in it, that his being would be within us. But then there's another object in that holy place. It's an altar of incense. It's part of the uh, Parsha today. They were told to bring their, their, their pans of fire. You see, when we're 
thanking the Lord for his provision, physical provision. And when we're immersed in his, in his word, and when we're, when we're walking by his Ruach HaKodesh, we're empowered to pray. And that's what that, that, that altar of incense is, the prayers of the saints. That's who we are. That's who we are. And then you can kind of see as you walk past that altar of incense. I wish I had a little pointer, but I don't have a little pointer. What's separating between the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place? What is that? The parquet. It's a veil. It's a veil. And hallelujah, that veil has been torn from top Rabbi? to bottom by Yeshua. By the finished work at the cross. Rabbi, yes. sorry to interrupt. Here's your pointer right here. Okay. Well. Adonai provides. Which red? This, this third one? The red? No. Front? No. It's not powerful enough? Let, let me see. <laughs> but you see the veil. And that's that place of separation. And hallelujah, Yeshua tore that, ripped that veil from top. Yeah, you can, you can kind of point it on the, yeah. And, um, but you know, that veil is interesting because we have this two spring major feasts. We have Passover and we have Shavuot. And then what comes after Shavuot? What season are we in? Summer. There's no major feast. There's Shabbat. And actually, there's some, there's some dates of remembrance that are not very, very good for the people of Israel, Ninth of Av and, and things like that. But it's interesting because that summer, that's a place where we are in the fields. We're tending. In other words, God has made promises to us. This is where we contend for those promises. We walk out by faith because we haven't seen the fulfillment yet, but we're walking out by faith and we're in perseverance. And there's another, it's an interesting scripture. I believe it's in Song of Solomon where, where the workers are in the field in the summer. The king would, by, in Jewish tradition, the king would go into the field and meet with the workers he wasn't in the palace. He came down into the field. And so they can actually meet face to face. This is the season that we are in right now. God wants to meet with us face to face. Amen. He's in the field. The king is in the field. He wants us to be with him, that place of habitation. Yeah, we're working. It's hot. It's, it's grimy work out there in the fields. But he's out there, and he's strengthening us. You know, and then the fall feasts come, and then we're in that place of the presence. You know, the high priest, the high priest Yeshua, was able to go through that. He is our high priest, and that's where we enjoy that fellowship with him. That's that place of intimacy, Sukkot. You know, and even in Sukkot, there's three elements of Sukkot. There's the... Yom Teruah, the, the, the feast of the, the trumpets. Alert. God is saying, alert. There's the sound of the shofar. And then there's that Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. 
where we recognize that it's by his blood. It's by his blood that we're healed and saved. It is a time of public confession. It's a time of getting ready, getting ready to be in intimacy with the king. In that, that sukkah that we set up, where the open ceiling, where we're able to commune with him, that place of intimacy. You see, this is why I just gave my message. You know, usually I spend 40 minutes giving my message. Just did it in 10 minutes. It's amazing. It's a new record, uh -oh. man. Don't tell me to keep on doing it every week. I won't do that. But, but what I'm saying is God is right now, we are in the summer months. He's in the field. He wants us to be with him, to meet with him face to face. You know, at the beginning of the year, remember I said, linger a little longer. That was the word that God spoke to me about our congregation. Linger a little longer in his presence. You know, we're used to doing our daily devotion, our prayer time, husbands and wives, maybe. And then, you know, we got to get on with things. The Lord is saying, and he's actually given us opportunity over the last four or five months where how many of you, you know, you just can't go out to your job anymore. Well, you just can't go out to wherever anymore because, you know, you're kind of locked down for some of that time. And the Lord says, linger a little bit longer in my presence. And this is what I love about our, our worship today. When God calls us on Shabbat, we're to linger a little bit longer because he wants to speak to us. And we do our little three songs and this and then that. We're done and we go home and say, see you next week. We're missing it. We're missing him. Amen? Hallelujah. I was going to read a scripture. And then I'm going to going to have another little bit of worship and we're going to take up a special offering for Carlos. Wasn't, he, wasn't that awesome today? God just ministering through him today. Wasn't that just special? You know, the message for what I was going to share, it's, it's this, the, the feasts and God's cycles. They're not random. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 1, and I remember the first time I heard these words, I wasn't a believer. Matter of fact, I was 12 years old. It was a song by the birds in 1965. Anybody remember the birds? They were awesome. Rock and roll group. And these words, this is the words, these were the actual words in the song that they did called Turn, Turn, Turn. For everything, there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather sto stones. A time to embrace and a time to reframe refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to discard, a time to tear, tear apart and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. And that's just really, there is a time for silence. There's a time to silence and there's a time to speak. I really believe God is calling his bride, this is a time to speak. You remember what this year we're in, 5780 Hebrew year, 
What does the year mean? What is that? Peh, the year of the mouth. And isn't that fascinating? This is the year of the mouth. God wants his bride to speak out boldly. And what's become the symbol in the last six months? Anybody got a face mask on them? I'm not saying anything against that, but I'm just saying that's become a symbol. Shut up. Don't talk. I mean, you could speak with a face mask on. I'm not saying don't wear a face, face mask. But what I'm saying is just become a symbol. You see, there's always, when God says one thing, the enemy says, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them something else. Don't speak. But God is speaking to us about being bold in our testimony of his word and speaking words in love, speaking truth to power. God is speaking to us to do that. We are his lips. We are his feet. We are his hands on planet Earth. And that's what he wants us to do in these days. So there's a time for that. This is the time for speaking. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And then the first part of verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Moreover, moreover He has set eternity in their heart. Would you stand with me? Just want us to pray and then we're going to have a little bit more worship. But I also want us to take a, a ushers, I'd like to take a, a special offering for, for Carlos. And you can make checks payable to Or Chaim and that we will, we will direct everything that comes in to Carlos and his family, his family, bless his, Lord, we just want to bless his family, his wife, Maggie, and his daughter, Sharon, and I know he has a son, Joshua. Yeah. And uh, Lord, just bless them, because that's a sacrifice for them when he comes and he's traveling over here. We've, I've enjoyed being with him. We've been with him since yesterday, having a great time, but this is a sacrifice for his family. They might say there's not a sacrifice. Yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, get him. <laughs> yeah, take get him. A, take him. How long are you going to keep him there? <laughs> But I want us to bless, I want us to bless Carlos for his ministry. I, I just, there was such a, just a sweet spirit. Amen. Father, I just thank you for Carlos and Lord, thank you for his life, his testimony. Thank you. Father, I thank you for what you are doing in our midst, Lord God. And I pray for each and every one of us. Father, it's a time to speak. It's a time to be in the field and meeting with the King. And Father, I pray that our ears would be hope, open to hear what you are speaking. Our ears would be open to hear what you are speaking to us. You're speaking new things. You've created a new wineskin, but now you're wanting to pour that new wine, yine, into us. And so, Lord, we say, here we are. We receive that. And Father, I want to pray that there would be such a hunger for righteousness. There would be such a thirst for the living water a thirst for the living water where we'll say, Yeshua, I want more. I want more. I want more. That we would be like that Samaritan woman at the well. Having this discussion with Yeshua. He says, this, this water that you're drinking here, you're, you're going to drink it. You're going to be thirsty again. But the water that I have for you is like, it's going to come up like, 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 like rivers of flowing water out of your innermost being and, and, and it will never run out. 
So, Father, I just pray that we would be thirsting for you, thirsting for more of you. In Yeshua's name, amen, amen. We're going to take up an offering for Carlos, and let's bless him.